Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. All right, welcome in everybody indeed. It's the podcast that's sweeping the nation. It's another episode of One Man's Opinion. Welcome to it, one and all. Episode 68 already. Boy, we're flying. I feel like I'm 68 after putting together this uh, fantasy football draft guide. Welcome to the program, one and all. If you're new to the show, thank you so much for downloading, subscribing, liking, commenting, everything you've done. We passed 100,000 listens on Podbean uh, last episode or before last episode. That's all due to you guys out there. Your patronage uh, is so important. We appreciate it very, very much. Um, a lot of folks put an effort into making the show go, and hopefully we can do more episodes. That's ultimately what we want, right? So we will do that. Appreciate you guys making us part of your day. I am Jeff Manns, in case this is your first time listening. You could find me on SiriusXM's Fantasy Sports Radio, 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern, every weekday hosting the Elite Sports Show over there. Also find me at FantasyGuru.com. The 2021 Fantasy Football Draft Guide has launched. If you listen to me on Sirius, that's pretty much all I've been talking about. It's all we're going to talk about today as well. Tons of fantasy football information. It's a product unlike any other. I promise you that. Also find me over at EliteFantasy.com for all your daily fantasy sports needs. Baseball, postseason hoops, hockey, PGA, MMA, eSports. It's all over there. Soccer. We've got it all covered. We've got a summer special over at EliteFantasy.com. $99 gets you all three months, June, July, and August of every single thing we offer, including preseason NFL. So get over there. No promo code necessary. It's just right on the top of the Join Now page on EliteFantasy.com. EliteSportsBetting.com for all your legalized sports betting desires. Follow me, Jeff Mans, on Twitter at Jeff underscore Mans, the Jeff Mans on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok. TikTok being my favorite. I love it right now. Um, we have a lot to talk about today. And I say we because I am joined on today's show. No, it's not a solo episode, everybody. You don't have to turn off the damn download. You don't have to do that. I got one of the best in the business, one of my favorite human beings in the entire world joining me on the show today. It's the one and only. Armando Marsal, also from fantasyguru.com, joined me. What's up, Armando? Oh, man, excited to be on the podcast. I've been listening to the, the ones the last couple of weeks. Uh, and, and just, you know, excited to be here talking football with you. The draft guy launched uh, yesterday, you know, June 1st. And, yeah. man, uh, just so much great content already on that draft guide and so much more to come. So I'm really, really pumped. I feel like we're, we're in mid-season form already. I do too. I really do feel that. I was saying that today on the, the XM show. I'm like, you know, I kind of just feel like we're, I don't know if it's us being in, in mid-season mode, but I do feel an advantage. Like there's sometimes, you ever done that, Armando? You're a bigger guy. You're at the playground back in the day playing some pickup hoops. And, you know, you just got, I used to have a place called the Commons where I used to play the street ball, right? And it was wild. There would be fights every single time. And every, normally, I, I was way overmatched all the time. That was just how it was. But occasionally I would just run into that matchup where, man, I just physically dominate. I was always a big guy. So I was always, I was able to physically dominate sometimes. That's what I feel right now. I'm like, man, 
people are they're hearing some of the takes and we'll get into that why i love austin eckler this season you know cd lamb on the cover of the draft guy we you and i are going to get into all that i I already know why like i i got it planned out i got to figure it out feels like everybody else is still kind of looking around like i don't know what to do for this season I i don't know i just feel like we're ahead right yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree. You know, is and it's it's just we've been, you know, draft uh, player profiles just so much. So it, we haven't stopped after the Super Bowl. We, you know, we continued, and and I, I really, you know, that I think is it, it's the difference maker here. And this is why we've been we've been talking football, you know, pretty much for, for years now. It just never stops. With even with all the other sports going on, um, just football and i say this i've said this in so my articles it's a 365 day a year sport it really is it's not on tv yes. 300 you know all year but there's always something going on in the nfl and that's always. why we you know we say uh some folks you know i got that we we launched draft guide uh you're tweeting it at armando underscore marsal m-a-r-s-a-l i'm tweeting it out and then you get the one person Dude, how do you talk football in June, man? It's too far away. Like, no, you don't, you don't understand. That's the, the competition. I, I want to remind everybody out there that, you know, in the 1950s and 60s, all right, it seems like a long time ago to everybody else before Armando and I were born, but still pro athletes, even in the 1970s, you know, the decade I was born, like professional athletes had other jobs. They worked in the winters or the summers, the car wash or as insurance salesman or uh, manual labor. Like they had other jobs at some point. And what happened was it, the competition grew and grew and grew and the sports grew and grew and the interest grew and grew. And eventually, you know, nowadays, could you imagine, can you imagine like Mike Trout working at the car wash down the street, Armando? Like, hey, would, you want the premium wax? You want the white walls done? Can you even imagine? <laughs> I mean, can you imagine that even happening? But that's like that. Like Mickey Mantle freaking did that. You know what I mean? Like it was a yeah, different world. And, and that's a, the workout that the, there's no off season anymore. It doesn't exist. There really doesn't. And fantasy sports in the 80s and 90s when I was starting and the 2000s when you were starting, the uh, I, I just uh, made you a lot younger, just so you know. And, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, it was, okay, we'll pick it up in August. We'll figure it out. Well, it's 2021. It, it's If you're in your office pool league and it's just common, yeah, maybe you're listening to this in August. Maybe it's September and week before the season. Who knows? And that's wonderful for all of you. But quite frankly, that's not going to cut it in the more competitive leagues out there, Armando. No, absolutely not. And then the thing is, uh, you know, we get involved in, in the, the stats and the numbers, and, and I love it. But situations are so important and you see coaching changes, you know, happen soon after the Super Bowl. You see personnel changes. You see players go from one team to another. All this impacts fantasy football. This is not and this is you're not going to find this in any stat sheet. You're not going to find this in any, you know, data from from the year before or, or, or years past. This is, you know, things that are occurring around the league and and. That is a lot to get caught up with if you wait until July, late July, August to start your work. So, I, I, again, it, it's it's not to be redundant, but it's a 365-day-a-year sport. It, it's just so many moving parts that at the end of the day, those players that we select you know, for our fantasy teams, there's so much more than their talent and opportunity. It's just situations that they're in. 
Speaking of which, so we're going to get into this uh, again. We're previewing the draft guide. It's already out, fantasyguru.com. That's where that is where uh, you go to get that draft guide and uh, all, all of the work you're going to hear. And it's, you know, we'll talk about individual players and teams and all this stuff. So there'll be plenty of actionable advice. We're not just going to cut a promo on all your asses the entire time. Uh, I will, I will ask. So it's, it's been a while since you've been on the podcast here, Armando way too long. If you ask me, how was your off season? What you do anything fun? How did you, now that we're in June and you and I have no more days off ever, probably uh, <laughs> it, unless we sneak away. What did you do the off? how was the off season to you? Everything good? Good. I, I cover your basketball, cover your basketball uh, for elite yeah. fantasy. So that was fun. Um, you know, pretty much uh, focused a lot of my attention on that. And then just uh, for me, there's, there's been not, no vacation, no relaxing, but I, I'm okay with that. You know, I, I, I love digging into sports. I love watching sports and uh, you know, just, we, we do have some family time on the weekends and stuff, but it, it, it's been, I transitioned immediately to basketball and uh, just kind of went all in on that. I love that. Yeah, you've been doing wonders. The cash game guy over at EliteFantasy.com for NBA, doing the postseason write-ups. All right, who wins the uh, the uh, uh, NBA championship? Oh, man. I, I, right I now, the Lakers I, are on the ropes. Do my, do the, my baby sons, are they going to pull it off? Can they have, do they have one more win in them? I think I think they're gonna get I think they're gonna get through this series. I do. I do think the Suns are gonna get through this series. But I I, I like Utah a lot. Um, really? Okay. I, yeah, I like Utah a lot. They're they're a deep team. Um, I think a, a very you know a very balanced team. So I think they're good and defensively they're stout. So um, I, I like them quite a bit. Uh, I, I know that um, that's not a popular vote there, but I like them quite a bit. Well, I think the Suns. If the Suns get by the Lakers, they're gonna face the Nets and the in the the finals that's what i strong i just believe that and i will be i told my son we are going to nba final game if the suns get it if they do it there we are going to an nba finals game i've never been i I was in chicago all those years you couldn't get an nba final seat to save your life i I always went to grand park and the the rallies after the bulls won them but I never got to an NBA finals, got to a couple playoff games, but never the finals. So would love to cross that off my sports bucket list. If, uh, if at all possible. So we shall see. Uh, all right, let's go. So let's get into it here. Armando, no off season. Neither one of us had much of off season. I did not play. I've been here every, uh, recording these, uh, these episodes and that's what I've been doing. But, um, so we're, we went into, we launched the draft guide for all intents and purposes. We did this. December, January of last year, we started gathering you, me, Tyler, Russell, Ray Flowers, uh, Vlad Sedler, Ted Schuster, you know, all the contributors and stuff like this, uh, trying to plan out what we're going to do. How, you know, what, what, what do we hear from the subscribers? What do we hear from the listeners? What do we hear from the viewers? What do, what do people want? What's not out there? What can we do? How do we get a competitive advantage, right? And that's, that's the thing that we've been talking about and that's what we've been building. And that's why this time uh, I got made fun of the other day for mentioning the draft guide, like 13,000 times on the radio. It's like, well, this is like, it's like a newborn baby does, right? It's like, it's finally out. It's here. You're damn right. We're going to have a christening and a baptism. And we're, you know, we're going to do all these things. Of course, <laughs> we're going to do this stuff because this is our, our brand new child that we've been working on for the last you know, six months for us. Um, 
and then the other part about this is, and I referenced this in the my intro letter. I, I take way more time and I put way too much thought into my welcome letter every year in the draft guides. And I've been doing this since 2005, writing the, the intro letters. I, I feel I take a personal responsibility to letting everybody out there know what it is that they're getting. What are we doing? You, you know, are you, they're getting fantasy football information. Wonderful. I wonder from a, you, somebody works with me, Armando, you know, I'm, I'm all into the planning and I, I want a goal in mind and I want, okay, how do we do it? Does that ever bother you? Does that does it bother you the way I, I, take way too much time into planning what to do no i i i'm very similar i'm very like proactive um and i like to kind of you know have everything planned planned and aligned and just kind of organized and i i just feel like the results are better that way um no shot to anyone who's not like this but i just feel like at least for me results are better that way so i'm very similar when it comes to you know work um, just, I, I like planning everything. I, it, it makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. And so I mean, the intro letter this year, uh, it took me weeks to write it. Cause I wanted to feel last year was, for some reason it was just real easy. We were all, I'm writing this stuff in May and I tried to write it right before the launch. What am I feeling? What are we feeling now? I want to capture the moment. And I, I quoted Prince in that one. I thought that was kind of, it just, for some reason, in 1999, I was dreaming when I wrote this. Uh, uh, forgive me if it goes astray. But I woke up this morning, could have sworn it was Judgment Day. The whole thing. The sky was so purple. Oh, wait. Okay, just keep going. Um, but I thought it was just appropriate because that was like, we were in a pandemic and we were locked down and it was just the wildest time. We didn't know what we were getting into. And I look for that motivation for 2021. We're coming out of it finally, starting to emerge. There's, you know, we're back to regular life. We don't have no concerns over the 2021 NFL season, really, right? It's going to happen. It'll, not only are we playing the season, we're getting an extra game this year. So that's got to be part of it, right? And, you know, and I thought, like, what is the inspiration here like what what's the what are we looking at what's what is that and i think you, you talked about it it's a 365 day a year sport and i think fantasy is very similar in those that put the most effort you mentioned seven new head coaches 15 new offense coordinators 14 new defense coordinators 31 players retired 17 had significant injuries in the off season by the way that's 17 players that are of significance to us, right? The players that have come yeah. down with injury during this off season, we got Aaron Rodgers situation up in the air. We've got up to 14 teams could have new starting quarterbacks this year. There are 438 free agent signings as of uh, three, four days ago, 259 college players drafted and they added a week to the season. So that's a lot of change. And you think you're going to waltz in and start thinking, oh, hey, I did well in 2020. I'll just repeat that. I, I, excuse my French, but no fucking way. It's not just not happening. Yeah. And, and then we have to remember, we're, we're also still going to be dealing with COVID. So that that is another yes. addition that we have to, you know, I, I, at least for the foreseeable future, we're all going to have to prepare for that in all sports and all fantasy sports. And 
it, it, it's just so many moving parts and moving pieces. And, and, and you wrote it, um, you know, you, you wrote that in your message and, and you did say, hey, don't be overwhelmed. That is our job. And that, that is exactly our job. And this is why there's no off season. <laughs> this is why there's no time off. And it's just because of that, because if you do decide, hey, I'm going to wait around, all the information is going to be here, all of that, you know, and that's the, the that, that's what I love about our team. I mean, it, it's just great, man. So it is. I love the team, the guys. I mean, it's an absolute pleasure to work with. Again, listeners of the podcast know I can't, I haven't said that. I didn't, I don't say that when it's not true and it hasn't been true in previous days and years and everything else. You guys know that been very upfront about this, but it, it is, it, it's a pleasure to work with this group. And I think that's why the product comes out so good. Um, I, two, so with all these changes, I'm like, all right, always so much. How do we get through? What, what do we do? What's, what's the path? And as I was going and thinking wide angle lens on the 2021 NFL season and everything that's going on, two guys struck out to me, just stood out two people, very, very similar. They're the exact same age, ironically. And that's Tom Brady and Abraham Lincoln. Two guys that are the exact same in everything. I think they're the same height and everything. But no, and the thing about what stood out about Brady is that this off this season, like every, there's so much change. There's so many wild things. Well, when you look back at what happened in 2020, I mean, didn't we kind of have a similar? There was a there was more changes. It was the most tumultuous off season in history, tumultuous season with the COVID, everything else. And lo and behold, Tom Brady's hoisting the Lombardi Trophy. Nothing really, nothing changed, right? It's like the all this changed, but one guy just fucking put his nose down, did the job, won the trophy, same result, and that's this the vibe this year for me. You know, it's just about. There's so many distractions, Armando. So you, you've been doing NBA, you know, top shot, cryptocurrency, this coin, that coin, everything to the moon, this stock. And everybody in our industry, everybody in our space, everybody in the world, like there are people still talking about fucking politics. And I just, guys, it's not, it's over. It is time to focus and get your goals for the rest of the 2021 year. And if they involve fantasy football, that's what we're about. And Brady had all this turmoil last year. And what did he do? He got a couple familiar faces around him. Gronk didn't have a good year, right? I mean, uh, um, nobody really, there's nobody that stood out. Had a, Godwin got hurt. Evans had a good year, but he was up and down overall, I suppose. But Tom Brady just they, they did what he does. Slow, steady, productive, slow, steady, productive, slow, steady, productive. The guy won another Super Bowl ring. Six uh, uh, was a six championship, I believe. Right? Was it six or seven? No, seventh championship. Seven, yeah, my, seven, yeah seven. six with the Patriots. Seventh championship. And again, to do that on a new team with new surroundings in a new state in a new arena with a new fan base and new coaches and a new scheme and everything else, he still won it. And that's where I'm at, man. That's what we do. I am. It is time to block out the noise. It's time to block out all these. Th Everybody talked about the demise, including us, of Tom Brady and Bruce Arians and him weren't getting along. And this receiver wasn't fit. And this offense wasn't a fit. And they don't have a running back. And the offensive line was all these problems. Championship. And that's what we're doing at Fantasy Guru this year, Armando. 
Absolutely. And I think they used to say this in New England, if I'm not mistaken, and and it was mainly Brady. uh, And it's just do your job, right? I mean, that is as easy as do your job. Your (laughs) job. Do your job. And that's it. And and with those work ethics, uh, you know, look, Tom Brady has displayed since entering the league uh, those work ethics. So I I think that speaks volume. And and you you wrote that in, you know, in your article. So look, in that message, I I agree with you. It's do your job. Cut out the rest. I mean, cut out the who's coming to to Tampa, who's not, who who, who's good, who's not with the issues now, man. He, He went there. Like you said, new team, new everything, and he did his job. And what happened? The results were there. Wasn't dramatic. It really, there wasn't, you know, just kind of plotted along, getting better, getting better every week. And you don't have to be the best team in week one. I stress this every year. People draft their teams to be the best in week one. Like me and CJ had that argument on the last, uh, on episode 67. And it's just, you know, I love CJ to death and, and he's a great player and he's very, very good. It's just a different way of thinking. I, I play this game. I always will be best when it counts the most. That is what the goal is for me. Always. It's just always is like that. I don't worry about week one, you know, week one. Oh no, I'm 0-2, 0-3. Oh I don't care. I'm still going to win. Still going to win. I know it. I know, you know, we're on the path. So that's an important mark. And I think that's where we get a lot of inspiration from Brady and what happened last year. The other one, Abraham Lincoln is a, a, probably a little bit more of a stretch and that has to do with distractions too. And as a moment with Lincoln, where I talked about this before, but 13th amendment, you know, abolish slavery, all that he's fighting for it. It's 1865. The war's almost done. And he's talking to Thaddeus Stevens, who is all about, abolishing slavery totally abolishing and giving equal right all this stuff was something he really believed in and lincoln just ever present in the moment in that moment and i think this is the biggest problem with the fantasy sports industry it's the biggest problem with our entire world quite honestly but people think so far down the line there's either people that think immediate or they think so far down the road that they can't even see it and what lincoln said there was uh he, he talked about you know, why he's not going to go for equal rights after, you know, he wants the 13th amendment first and then slowly during reconstruction, build it up. And he says he used to do survey work and he would carry his compass. And he says, it's a funny thing about the compass. It will point you true North, no matter where you're standing, it will tell you that way, but it has no advice on the swamps and deserts and chasms that you'll encounter along the way. And he says, his final thing to Thaddeus Stevens was, if if in pursuit of your destination, you plunge ahead heedless, mindless, of obstacles and achieve nothing more than the sink in a swamp, what was the purpose of knowing true north? Yeah, what's the purpose? If everybody's going in this year, if your simple goal is to win a championship, that's wonderful. It's fucking great. Awesome. But if you're just going to plunge ahead without knowing everything else that's going to affect your road everything that's going to get in your way the possible injuries the the system changes that we talked about the covid like you brought up armando very poignantly you know all these things from new players around and new quarterbacks new offensive line new receivers new tight ends running backs new schedule new matchups different players all over the place if you don't have any idea of that then your pursuit of a championship is moot 
And that's that's the message I, I really want to get across as we start our journey up the hill. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's I mean, that's sound right there. <laughs> Uh, because uh, look, honestly, something I've taken up this year is reading books, uh, or not reading, uh, listening to audio books. Love books. Yeah. So I've been doing one a month and, Mm -hmm. and, and a lot of these books, you know, that I've read, it's kind of like self-improvement and stuff like that. And and one of the books, it it, it points out like, you know, the past can't be changed. Right. Mm -hmm. And and the future can be controlled, be present. And I think that's what you're saying. It's just be present right now. You you can't, you can't leap forward without being here at this specific moment and without take. So I, I guess in other words, enjoy the process all the way. Like, you know, the preseason process, the off season, everything, enjoy all that. And the goal is always going to be the same, but you can't get there without, you know, all the hurdles and all the obstacles that are going to be put in your, in your way. And like and, you said, if you start 0 and 2, 0 and 3, that's fine. You, you can still get into the postseason, which is the first step you're looking for. Then in the postseason, everything changes in your fantasy football leagues. It's zero, a, zero at that point. I'm a big fan of history, obviously, as I mentioned in the Lincoln thing. And I, I'm just, I believe in history because the world is cyclical. We move in cycles in a lot of different ways. You know, it follows certain patterns. And I've always been, whether it's analytics or it's just watching games and with business, whatever it is, I am. I'm very much in tune with the progressions and very much in tune with the cycles, if you will. And um, I want everybody to go back and look at Jeff underscore man's on Twitter. You don't see me doing top shot. You don't see me doing crypto. You don't see me doing Bitcoin. I am. You know, my focus is on you. My focus, our focus on our team. I tweet about nonsense here and there. Absolutely. No doubt, but I'm not. Nothing is in the way of our task, what we're building. It's why we're successful. It's why last year we had thousands of screenshots to the point we couldn't keep up retweeting them all at the end of the year with our subscribers over there. We had 15 out of 17 winning weeks at EliteFantasy.com and Daily Fantasy. Who the fuck wins 15 out of 17? Come on. It's impossible. I would have never thought. I won 12 was my highest point before went three better. That's beyond incomprehensible in fact i'll tell you we're not doing that again this year just would i would like you to know that's that doesn't happen but we were able to do it and we're able to do it because we blocked out the noise last year we blocked it out we forged ahead we're blocking it out this year we're forging ahead as well so that's the mission statement that's what we are about heading in to 2021 over at fantasyguru.com now in going back over our coverage and everything we're going to do, Armando, how many times have I said this? Like, what works? What are we? Who are we? What do we do that's best? What do you think? What do you What do you say when I ask you that question? <laughs> I know you tell me things. What uh, What would you say? What do we do best over at Fantasy Guru? What's like? What do you think we are? I always, I always, say, I always consider us. I look at it as a family. Like that's the way I look at it. I, I start out most of my articles with "What's up, Fantasy Guru family?" Like that. That's the way I, I, you know, people send me DMs. People, uh, we talk questions. I'm always, and, and and I can speak. I can say the same about you know the rest of the team. We're always accessible, and I think that's a, a big difference maker. And, if I'm not mistaken, Wookie did say something like that on Twitter yesterday or the day before. It was yesterday. Yeah. The, and he said, you know, that the fact that we're always accessible, 
Um, and he's he's a regular in, in, in you know in the chat room. He he's a regular in the DMs. He's always asking questions, very engaged. And and I really think that that's that's what it's all about, right? Because the the people that are reading our work, the people that are uh, you know subscribing, it, it, look, we, we we do it because we love it and we do it for them. And I, I to me, I when say I'm when they tell me, hey, I'm sorry that bother you i have a question it's no bother it really is no bother to me i love talking sports i love helping you know people get better at fantasy and i think that's very important you know helping others get better at fantasy not not just giving you picks but letting you see how our thought process is um you know how how we play the game and then using letting you use those tools to play the game you know, however you're comfortable. And I think that's another difference maker, you know, for us. That's why Armando is so much more evolved than, uh, than I am, because it took me to get to that point to understand what you're just talking about, man, I spent 10 years. I mean, I, I, I probably, you know, a good seven, eight years before I even begun to realize that lesson. I thought, Oh, I'll just dominate. I'm just, Oh, my advice is great. And, my, and I, and I really believed in a whole narrative that I see all the time, especially this time of year amongst, you know, what we'll call fantasy football, Twitter. And I'm not trying to hate on Twitter or hate on other people all the time, but it's the truth. Like it doesn't, we are a family. It is the elite mafia is about mafia means family, you know, and what we do at our sites, our network is really about the people. We do it for the people. And as we, go into it. We say, what do the people like? When you guys like something, we do more of it. When we do, when they don't like it, Armando, what do we do? We take it away. Right. Or we say, all right, well, we'll try. And then, I mean, how many times, Hey, be honest, how many times your heart been broken? Uh, you know, we collectively come up with, all right, I guess we'll stop doing something that you or me or Tyler, or one of us really loved, but we're like, well, it's not catching on because even though we'd like to do some, whatever an article, a research project, a tool or something, you know, we, we will give the people what they want. Right. That happens. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I literally, any suggestion that anyone ever, you know, gives us whether it be in the chat in a DM uh, email, whatever the case may be, I write these down. And then what, when do we have those discussions like we did in January, you know, when we're planning ahead, yeah. I brought up all those to you and, you know, we yep. kind of picked those and all right, this is a good one. This, you know, and just that—that's what it's about. It's—it's it's not. We're not going to just only create content, but we're—we're we're going to cater to ourselves. I, I, and that's something I love. I love that idea because at that point, everyone's involved. You know, in in a, in a weird way, everyone is involved. So the the old standbys, rankings, projections, our chat room, live uh, chat, twenty four seven, constant chats. That's all staying. Every everything you know that we've come to be known for that stuff is that we uh, brought back the dynasty league guide this year, the best ball guide. We expanded both of those because people, the DFS guide is back for this year. Coaching breakdown still here. Offensive line breakdowns are reminded what you and Ted do. Those are still present, um, you know, this year. So the standbys, the stuff that you've come to know and love and that's all still there as well, but then we're evolving. Right. As much as we want to stay the same, as much as we want to do what we do well and stay in our zone, we absolutely do. But we are, we're not going to not adapt. We're not going to not evolve. We are growing constantly. There's always going to be more. So as we look ahead to 2021, uh, we'll talk about some of the 
the tools we have, I can't officially announce what tools some of these are. We'll have pretty much a new item every week of the preseason, starting July 1st. A new tool every week. We're going to have something new. And it's, again, you guys know, my wide receiver cornerback stuff, my offensive line, defensive line stuff, the shit that everybody else automates. No, we're, we got that. That This is, now we've pulled the curtain you guys will be able to see it. You'll be able to use these tools. There's so many great things. I know Armando's working on a project will be our first one that we launch. You've been, you've been working for this thing for, don't tell them. I can't say it yet because I do, I know people will go copy it. I know what they do. You've been working for this for almost two years now. Yep. Yep. I, 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 <laughs> right? I know what it is. How like, many what? prototypes have you sent in? Be honest. <laughs> telephone. I mean, seriously, tell, well, tell them, I mean, how many hours have you spent on the, the tool that we're launching first, which will be like July, right before the fourth, so July first to the fourth? It, it 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 took a lot of it took a lot of YouTube videos to get some things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, but no. I it, look, it, it, it's it's been over a year now uh, in the making, and I, I'm so pumped. I really am because I, I think it's really going to yeah. be a difference maker. Um, so I, I'm looking forward to it. And, and I'm also looking forward to it for ourselves because I, I think yeah. it's going to be a very useful save tool. time stuff. Yes, you could, so you know, much. Just, it's pr- so practical. You guys are going to just, when you see it, you're going to, you're going to die. You're going to be like, Oh, I can't believe nobody did this before. I can't believe my life is now your lives will be simpler. And that it goes into the, my guru tool as well over here you know we've listened to your some complaints at at times people don't like the way this syncs or that syncs or you need to work with different companies like sleeper and all that we got that covered for this season as well we've taken every single suggestion and recommendation and customer service email which armando's on those as well and and we're incorporating to what we do and we're expanding to my guru my guru we were thinking about and eh, do we really need this automation do we need the league sync do we really need that you know it's kind of you know it's a, and uh you guys demanded it and so screw it we're going to expand it even into uh into 2021 so that, that's a lot of the some of the new stuff uh draft guide cover though let's talk about this because we had many discussions on our cover boy it's another thing that we put a lot a lot of time into we we want our cover goes into last year. We actually used Brady and Hopkins because the off season was wild. And we were two for two last couple of years with uh, Mahomes and uh, winning Super Bowls. Um, we're on fire with this. So we looked to this year, you know, what did we want to be about? Who, what players, what teams, what situations were we really into? And Armando Marsal, you and I, I mean, we've talked 25 times about it with Tyler Beaker and Russell Clay. Who did we settle on and why? <laughs> C.D. Lamb. Um, I, I remember the first time we, you and I spoke about it and you were like, oh, well, I thought about that too. I was like, yeah. And let me tell you, the guys are going to be on board. Then we all got up on a phone call. And once you said Lamb, it was like everyone on that phone call was super excited. Uh, and, and it's very simple. I, I You know, I, I thought C.D. Lamb was an elite receiver coming out of college. Um, I honestly did not love the, you know, landing spot for him because there was a lot of mouths to feed, but he clearly demonstrated what kind of a stud he is, uh, you know, uh, last season as a rookie. And I, I think sky is the limit this year. Uh, I, I've seen, I've seen, you know, I, I know you have uh, him 
uh, very high uh, on your rank. 13th very, on the rankings, yeah. 13th out of wide receivers. Some would say, oh, well, I don't know, you don't have most wide receiver one. Well, I think we have to acknowledge that Amari Cooper does exist in the universe and he's not going away. I don't, you know, I don't think about that uh, at all, but uh, continue. Sorry, go ahead. Omar. No, no, it's a, no, no. And, 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 and I, I agree with that, but I think 13 is a fair number uh, when you look at the situation, but that's where you have him ranked preseason. But you, you, I think you and I would both agree that if he finishes inside the top seven, you, none of us are going to be stunned. I mean, we're expecting very big, you know, a very big year out of him. Um, I, and he just demonstrated his skills last year. And I, I really love him. You know, th- this offense it, 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 as a whole, you know, that Prescott returning, uh, he played so well. And you tweeted it out today. He played so well, um, you know, last season early in the year i'm just expecting a huge year out of lamb and i am so happy i am so happy that we chose him (laughs) because i'm not only going to be invested in fantasy football i've invested in his you know rookie cards i really like yeah i really like lamb you know yeah i I really think like lamb is and this might be you know uh, yeah, I, I think he's like the next like Randy Moss type receiver Whoa. that we see in the NFL. That's where I, I think like I thought I, I, right. I believe I did his rookie profile. And I'm, if I'm not mistaken, I compared him to Jerry Rice, if I'm not mistaken. Like, <laughs> wow. Yeah, All yeah right. I, I have high expectations for this kid. So I, I, I'm, I'm probably a little bit more bullish than, than anyone, but I, I love, absolutely love that. Let me take the contrarian stance here because I wasn't into him coming out of school. Like I wasn't, I mean, I watched him Oklahoma. I wasn't that big. I wasn't into that offense. I thought as well, I, you know, again, I was low on Kyler Murray coming out because it's a simple offense that it relies on speed in the deep ball. And that's, that kind of stuff plays at the college level. It doesn't play at the NFL level, right? It just doesn't. And he didn't have a a big route tree to run. He just kind of outclassed everybody physically at the college level and a big 12. Fine. You can do that. I didn't see it. And then the landing spot again, like you, I didn't like that. So I wasn't in at all. I saw him and I saw him right out of the gate. And, you know, there are players for whatever the reason is when good, you see some of the greatest college, look at remember Reggie Bush, I knew this would happen. I learned this around the Reggie Bush time or slightly before he was just in USC. Forget it. Like he's a guy, he's a freaking animal. So good. Nobody could stop him. The moment Reggie Bush got off on an NFL field, it's like, who's that little guy out? Oh, what? That's Reggie Bush. It was like, he's a part-time running back. Like it just clicked. That's what happened. So you see these college phenoms come into the league and they, just look they get absorbed by the beastly men that can prize the 32 nfl teams well cd land came in there and damn it that guy looked bigger faster and stronger than i saw him on tape at oklahoma he was just bigger faster stronger like right out of the gate he poised he posed matchup problems in the slot for the the dallas cowboys it was like oh shit i was like oh man well Fucking Armando's right on this one. Tyler's right on this one. Russell's right. I ain't right on this one. All right. Well, I'll happen. And then, of course, he was he was on his way. And then Dak goes down. You're like, well, and I'm like, okay, well. And I wrote it. I wrote. I write notes to myself all the time, so I remember where I'm at in the moment. And when Dak went down, I said, remember what C.D. Lamb is with Dak. 
Look up C.D. Lamb's numbers with that. That's what I wrote to myself in week six of last year. At the end of the season then, I wrote invest by uh, the investor buy in C.D. Lamb. Underline five times. That was one of my notes itself at the end of the season, even with Andy Dalton and uh, 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 what, what the fr- – um, Yeah, they had – Ben DiNucci, that, yes. my favorite Italian restaurant. Ben DiNucci's, come on in for the pasta primavera. The, uh, so I'm like, invested. The guy got better and better and better and better. And it never – it didn't stop all season long. He was very good, and the numbers are, aren't as eye-popping – as you, it's not as Justin Jefferson, let's say, but that's fine because I think Jefferson obviously regresses. There's no way else to go where Lamb is still ascending. So where we're going to get him in fantasy, we are going to get value in there. I have him 13th. He's being drafted 17th, 18th at wide receiver currently. So, uh, you know that that's we've got some built-in value already. Real quick, Armando, just to point out his numbers. Um, CD Lamp, we were everybody who saw our cover, anybody who wanted to be a dick and say, Oh, remember Armari Cooper's Dax guy? Okay, yeah, yeah, that's true. Dak Prescott had 222 pass attempts, all right, in, in, in 1856 yards, nine touchdowns in those five games before breaking his leg. Okay, and we all think for one, Cowboys getting offensive line back, Tyron Smith, Zach Martin, Lael Collins. That's just we got three all pros all coming back. That's massive massive upgrades on the offense line to get their all world possible MVP quarterback back and Dak Prescott. That's all wonderful. Cooper did have 52 of those 222 targets. There's no, so he had the 23.4% target share there. Whereas CD lamb only at 36, 16.2%. Okay. All right. Understood. But here's where it starts getting interesting. Who had more yards with Dak Prescott? Do you think CD lamb or Amari Cooper? Uh, I, I mean, I know what CD Lamb had. Uh, he never had under 59 receiving yards with Dak, Dak Prescott. So I'm going to have to say him. It was. I think he was like at 60 yards or more. Every, Four, every, 412 every yards to 407 yards. It's only five yards. Not that big a difference. But again, people are surprised. That more targets, more reception. So he had 16 more targets, Armari Cooper did, than CD Lamb. He, but he only had 10 more receptions. And then he had five less yards. And then I asked the question, who has more receiving touchdowns with Dak Prescott, Amari Cooper, or CeeDee Lamb? The answer is CeeDee Lamb. And this was in his first five games as a pro. And then he had Ben frickin' DiNucci and Andy Dalton at the end of the year, and it just got better and better and better. And, when, and as it went into the season last year, um, Andy Dalton – through 335 pass attempts, Amari Cooper at 67, CD Lamb at 63. Right? I mean, that all of a sudden you see all these numbers get much more closer between Lamb and Cooper, where some the quarterback definitely obviously plays a role in that. But we were seeing a breakout with CD with Dak anyway. And that's why we really believe, and Armando alluded to it, I, I, there's top five receiver potential here and i do think he finishes ahead of mari cooper this year yeah i mean he was averaging 17 ppr points per game with with that prescott you know and almost eight targets per game uh 86.6 yards per game these are 
eye-popping numbers for a rookie, yeah. in my opinion, right? And, yeah. and I don't think – See, we're spoiled because of Jefferson. See, that's the problem. And that's why it, it's wonderful. It's wonderful that all of – you're kind of like, oh, is this – you know, those are eye-popping numbers, Armando. You're 100% right. But it's not – it's going to be overshadowed because Justin Jefferson did the greatest thing a rookie receiver has done since Randy Moss in 1998. Like, that's why he's going to be overshadowed. That's why he's not being drafted or not as many folks have him as a, as a breakout besides uh, the four of us. Yeah, and if you look at the beginning of the year last year, uh, he, he finished as a wide receiver. In the first five weeks, uh, C.D. Lamb finished as a wide receiver two or better in, in three of those weeks. Mm-hmm. And the first week of the season, they, they faced off against the Rams, one of the best secondaries in football, right? Yeah. I, I think that has to be taken into consideration as well. And then you, you, you look at, at, you know, Washington's not an easy out, but they're going to have two games uh, against the Eagles, Uh a yeah. secondary that we like. Oh, to play. that's yeah. That's in something else you take into consideration, right? He's going to have at least four favorable matchups, definitely. You know, and you look at the rest of his schedule. There's obviously some other. Oh, matchups. the Raiders, the Falcons, the, oh. the Giants aren't quite there yet. Twice you got. Um, uh, they play no, they don't play the Jaguars. They play um, the Vikings, who have nothing in their secondary unless Jeff Gladney can develop better than he did before. Um, the Broncos will be tough. I think that the chargers game, if Derwin Williams stays, that will be a little tough. And then uh, you mentioned Washington, those two games, like that's their schedule. And I, I think Arizona's a little bit better. That's late. That could be championship week. I do think Arizona's defense is a little bit better. Right. But again, that's still t- remains to be seen. I think the Cowboys offense as a whole, I think the Cowboys run away with this NFC East. I don't think it's going to be close. The talent, I love what they did going all defense. They brought in Dan Quinn, which is such a smart move. That's a good defense corner. He's the, in case you guys don't know who Dan Quinn is, he's the one that built those uh, Seattle Seahawks, Legion of Boom. That's, that's who built it. And Gus Bradley was the coordinator, but he was a secondary coach at the time. And then he ascended and won a Super Bowl as defense coordinator, got into another Super Bowl after Gus Bradley left. And then he went to Atlanta and didn't work out as well. Although you look at Atlanta and it was the most streaky. The defense would be absolutely fantastic. And then horrific. It was wild, that roller coaster. But them bringing in nothing but defensive players to up Micah Parsons, Kelvin Joseph, uh, uh, um, uh, the pass rusher, Ud- I can't pronounce his name, Udo Wesabizier, whatever his name is. <laughs> like, uh, 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 there's a lot of talent coming in. And to get the, that offense, though, is locked down. It's fantastic. All they need to do is get healthy. So I think this team is going to run away with that division. And as you look at the NFC, I, I think the Cowboys are legit contenders. Right now, I'm not a Mike McCarthy fan. No, 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 no. Far from it. Have been since he was with Green Bay when everybody else was praising him. I don't think he brings much to the table. But with the talent they've assembled there, I think it's legit. And it just all works out into our cover boys' uh, hands this year. Yeah, I, I agree. I, this is an offense that last season. And I don't expect them to pass at this high a clip, but they were passing at 61% last year. Uh, I still think they're going to run a pass first offense. I mean, they're just geared that way. If you look at the receiving core that they have, the quarterback, um, even Zeke, I think Zeke is going to have a better season this year. Um, 
you know, I, I just like this offense in, in general. And even, even though I do agree, I, I do think that this defense is a little bit more improved. I, I still think that um, they're going to be involved in high scoring games for most of the season, maybe yeah. shootouts here. I uh, completely agree with that as well. So um, again, going in, so CD lamb, our cover boy, there's a lot of standouts here as well. Um, new tools coming down the pike at fantasyguru.com. The best ball guide is up. I think it's one of the best things in the world. The, the dynasty guide for all your dynasty leaguers out there, what to do with rookie drafts, what to do with startup drafts, forming your league players, a target players, you're high on players to trade for all of that stuff is uh, covered in the 2021 fantasy guru fantasy football draft guide. Uh, let's get into some of our own personal stat. Let's get the secret stash, get the cigar box <laughs> out of uh, uh, under the mattress uh, there, Armando, and let's smoke the good stuff. Who are you high on this year? G- give me a player besides CD that Armando Marcel has to have. Um, any position? Yeah. Yeah. Any position. It could be defense, man. I don't know. No, no, no. I, I you did it. By <laughs> the way, Armando did a really – this is low-key. I, I know you guys are going to look at uh, defenses with favorable schedule. I know you're going to look at it like, eh, what do I care about defense? I know the way you guys think. Trust me. This article and this research project that Armando did is it's crucial. It's late round, but – the best fantasy players in the world don't discount late round picks. They don't just shrug off any position that you have to use, whether it's kickers, whether it's defense. Look at Mike Horn is one of the uh, a guy, one of our guys here at fantasy guru and Mike always gets forgotten, but we love him dearly uh, helps me in the coaching breakdowns. And he, he does the kicker articles during the year. And you don't realize like if you're in a league with a kicker, man, this getting, you can, you get a bigger return over your competition at, positions like defense and special teams and kicker then you do a quarterback and running back at least at the top end right it's it's just truth so if your league we don't agree with using it but if you do it's important and you identified defenses with great early season schedules which is all you've that's really what you need you just want to know who's got the good matchups early we'll all have to adapt on dst from there but I, i think it's an underrated it's live right now in the draft guide over at fantasy guru so i just want to shout that out for you go ahead I appreciate that. All right, I'm gonna go off the. I'm gonna go off the board here. I think okay. um, I it's a quarterback. Right. He's on a new team. Uh-oh. I really like this. This second chance for Carson Wentz. Oh, oh yes, love it. Tell him. I like it for so many reasons. Look, this is this is. I think a, a team that not only has you know some appealing young talent in the receivers, right? Pittman, Campbell, Hilton's still around. The tight end situation is pretty decent when you look at it a hell of a running back in Jonathan Taylor uh, arguably the best offensive line that Wentz has played behind right so you take all of that into account you have a pass catching back you know in Hines you got Marlon back just it's a great situation and I, I I think he's really going to excel and he's essentially going I mean free and if you like to wait at quarterback like myself He's someone that I'll probably have a lot of exposure to this season. I would not be surprised if he finishes as a QB one this, this year. I really like this situation for him. We talked about it earlier, right? It's, it's about situations. It's about, you know, what, what, you're not, not, not only the role players, but the, the coaching staff, um, you know, I, I just really, really love, love 
Carson Wentz this year. I, I, Dude, I, I love might him. be, I might be on my own island, but no, I, 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 I have like him it. as a QB one. He's a QB one in the rankings just released in the draft guy. I swear to God, I, I am so in on Wentz as well. Listen, folks, he's re- reunited with his former offensive coordinator, Frank Reich. In his breakout season in 2017, that was, that was the, uh, the coordinator for uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, right? That's the guy calling the shots. That was the guy that led him to a, what, 33-7, whatever it was, touchdown-interception ratio back then. He was on track to be the MVP of the league, right? And sure, he got hurt. Came back the next year. Results were mixed, you know, wasn't terrible by any stretch, but got hurt. Nick Foles had to take over, do another run there. He missed out on it. And by then, Frank Reich's system is completely gone by the wayside. They had two more coordinators for Wentz, and it just didn't get along with Doug Peterson. He's coming into the exact same style of offense that they ran in Philadelphia. He's got a great offensive line, better than they had in 2017 in Philadelphia, but he benefited from a great offensive line there, right? Only thing Wentz doesn't have that he did in 2017 was a little bit more mobility. He's only 28, though. He'll be 28 most of the season. And the deep ball is something Carson Wentz does. And I think retaining T.Y. Hilton is a sneaky good uh, move for this Colts team as well. You don't have to connect on the deep ball. You don't. Everybody had the deep ball numbers. No, it doesn't matter. What needs to happen is the safeties need to honor it. The safeties need to stay back. Get out of your zone. That opens up the underneath stuff. Go look at Nelson Aguilar's season with uh, Carson Wentz back in 2017. Popped off out of nowhere. And then again, Aguilar went into kaput as well after the, after Wentz, uh, as Wentz went down too. So I dig it, man. I think he's a QB1. Carson Wentz is my QB2 in every single league I'll do. I am going to make a point to get him in super flex leagues and get him in two quarterback leagues for sure. Do I want him as my QB one? I wouldn't, if I waited, if I just punted all the way, I'm not, I'm not against it. Right. I ideally, I would like to start out with a more sure thing at that spot, Armando, but dude, I love the fact that you're in on, uh, on uh, Carson Wentz this year. Yeah. I think in, I think in every super flex league or every two quarterback league, I'm, I'm, going to probably be all in on him um in single quarterback leagues i'm okay with with him as my qb1 but the, the issue is that i think that now when you look at at drafts the way they're, they're they're going the way they're playing out you're still getting elite quarterbacks in that sixth seventh round and i agree with you i think that's where you have to take advantage of like the russell wilson's of the world and those guys that are kind of falling within that range that they're just too too good to pass up on in that round. But if you do miss out on these guys, I at that point I'm hey Wentz, I'm waiting around for him and and, and totally fine with him. Uh, I absolutely stink and lutely, man. I'm pumped to hear you say that. Uh, I'll tell you, you guys will see the rankings in the draft guide to fantasyguru.com, and I have a guy that is ADP is like borderline third round, and I have him third overall. My guy this year is Austin Eckler. I absolutely love him to the moon. My God, do I like Austin Eckler. And every single moment that I live and breathe, I like him more going into 2021. The more that other people hate him, the more I love him. I'll tell you why. Uh, Number one, there's a bunch when it comes to Austin Eckler, but what folks fail to realize is that his injury derailed what would have been a monster season last year. He averaged 18.1 fantasy points per game overall last year. 
when healthy, right? That's fifth most of all running backs. So you're starting at, he's coming off that year. And Anthony Lynn is, and I'll get to Anthony Lynn, some thoughts on him later, but he is just a rotation, a committee running back. Kalen fucking Belage was running the ball for that Charger team for no reason. Off the street, guys like, hey, who are you? Oh, I'm Kalen Belage. I used to play in the NFL. All right, you're starting for me this week. What? Well, fuck, okay. And they just, it was unbelievable, right? And so street free agents were playing. They rotated everybody in. With Justin Herbert under center, Armando, Eckler averaged seven targets, almost just under six receptions, 44 yards a game, while racking up two receiving touchdowns. That's 11 and a half points per game with Herbert just receiving before he did anything at all on the ground. All right. That's big numbers. Remember, his first game with Herbert, or second game with Herbert, he had 16 targets in that game. I mean, these are the sort of the lost stats, if you were, of uh, of the 2020 season. And people want to reference, well, uh, Justin Herbert loves to throw the ball downfield. I say, okay, for one, the quarterback doesn't decide that. The offense decides that always. Just number one college quarterback coming into our, our 2019 in college football, number one target share to running backs in all of college. I mean, even the rando schools, Oregon, Justin Herbert. He throws two running backs. That's what he does. Sure, he takes his shots. He dumps it off high percentage or he throws it to the sticks. Can't, you can't be much more perfect as a quarterback, quite honestly. Year two starting quarterbacks, that's I never invest in rookies and because I always invest in year two guys. That's when you take the step. Carson Wentz, we just talked about. 2016, eh, kind of garbage. Year two, great. Mitch Trubisky, second year, great. Every other year sucked. Every, every quarterback worth their salt takes a step in year two. Herbert, I don't know. If he stays the same, I'd consider that a huge step up. But there's one more thing with Austin Eckler, Armando, and that's his offensive coordinator. Remember, all right, San Diego or San Diego, LA went out and they signed Corey Lindsley. He is the number two run blocking center for the Green Bay Packers, led the way for Aaron Rodgers last year. He's now in L.A. with the Chargers. They already have um, um, the right tackle from Green Bay, who was the number one run blocking when they were last together, Lindsley and Balaga, the right tackle. They go and draft Rashawn Slater in the first round at uh, the left tackle position. Cuisenberry, the guy who started at center, a pretty good run blocker. He's going to play left guard for this team, this offensive line that was – bottom six in both passing and defensive blocking is now going to be at least middle of the pack, if not slightly better. That's a big gain on the ground. The other aspect, they're not going to have the committee approach. Joe Lombardi is from new Orleans. He has been there and oversaw the breakout of Alvin Kamara. That's the offense they're running in LA this year. And if you don't believe me, let's go back to Joe Lombardi's legacy. 2014, he was the offense coordinator, first-year offense coordinator for the Detroit Lions. Remember a guy named Joyke Bell? I was going to say that, 223 rush attempts. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, even better, 53 targets. So listen to this triumvirate. And by the way, call back to Reggie Bush. Reggie Bush, 56. Joyke Bell, 53. Theo Reddick. Remember him, everybody? Remember Theo Reddick was a thing for a year and a half? Yeah, that's Joe Lombardi, my friends. Right. That's what it was. 
the tight the the tigers the lions god i'm in baseball mode 159 <laughs> targets to running backs that year number one in the league 108 receptions bush had 40 34 for bell 34 for reddick 891 yards all just running back production five touchdowns number one in targets number one in receptions number one in yards number one in receiving touchdowns amongst running backs that year that was a fluke obviously they would never do this again armando 2015 <laughs> let's go to it Dio Reddick, 99. There you go. <laughs> Joyke Bell only played part of the season 27. Amir Abdullah, 38. 167 targets among their running backs. That was second in the league by two only. But they had 180 receptions for Theo Reddick. 22 for Bell, 25 for Abdul, Abdullah, two for Zach Center. 129 receptions. That was tops in the league. 1177 yards receiving from running backs alone. Number one with a bullet in that for the Lions team. That's what this offense is. Mother effers, let's go. Austin Eckler is the third overall pick in this year's draft. I have him behind CMC and Dalvin Cook. And quite honestly, if you took him ahead of Cook, I won't hate you. Uh, I, look, I told you we had a conversation. I, you, you pointed that out to me about Ecker. And yeah, I was I, sending you messages with this stuff as I was learning it. Right? I was like, man, you opened up, you opened up a new avenue for me, and I, you know, I, I, I gotta agree with you. I, I really like uh, Eckler a ton this year. Look, the, the last two, the last two games of the regular season last year, receiving touchdowns in each of those games mm-hmm. as the chemistry build with you know. With Herbert, I think that's only going to continue to grow. You look at the other running backs. This is another important thing. You mentioned, you know, the Detroit numbers. Um, they had several capable, you know, pass catchers in that backfield. When you look at this Chargers team, I, the same cannot be said. You, you well, know, I, I think it's Eckler. It's you know, his backfield. I, I, it's yeah. yeah, it's his backfield, folks. It, so, it, I agree. I agree. And speaking of Athens, a- man, look, I-, I love DeAndre Swift, but I know what to expect now. Like, I know it's going to be so frustrating. As good and talented as he is, that the, the fact that they have Lynn now as, as their coordinator, that is oh, terrible. It really is terrible for me. I uh, have but, wanted to be in, and we're going to – let's talk about it because that, that's a perfect segue to I mean, who we're lower on this year. I am lower on DeAndre Swift, and here's the thing. You pointed that out. Like, I opened your eyes to it, as you do for players for me and stuff. It, it's always the best when I don't go into it any year. Like, this year, 2021 is new. It's Everything's new. I don't, I don't care what happened last year in the history, really. I paint the picture. I go by the number. I lit – the facts guide me in the direction to go. And if you would have told me in March that like, who would you rather have Eckler or Deandre Swift? I would have, I would have laughed, probably spit in your face and said, yeah, I want Deandre Swift. I'm not a chump. And then the world unfolded and then things happen. And now it's like, there's not even, isn't I close. And I don't, I'm no, I'm not buying into Swift at all. I think you're right. I mean, they signed Jamal Williams. They draft Jamar Jefferson. They're, they're flirting with Todd flipping girly. <laughs> I mean, my God. Yeah, dude, I'm out. I, this is a good offensive line. If DeAndre Swift were to get a hundred percent or 75% of the workload, like a, a true feature back, he would be, he could be an easily top five, top six 
fantasy running back. The problem is it's not going to effing happen. Yeah, it, it's tough to think it's going to happen, right? You you have to think that there's going to be, you know, changes in the goal line and, and they're going to be running a, a weird rotation there. I, I do think Swift would ultimately be the, the, the running back from this backfield that sees the majority of the touches, but I don't think that the, the touches we want or need from him from a fantasy standpoint are going to be there. And then when you look at his draft capital, it, ah, man, it, it's tough because I'm a big Swift fan. Like so I love... I, I, I thought he was, you know, not even close to best running back coming out of college that season. And, mm-hmm. and I, I still stand by that. It's just, it, we talk about this all the time. It's situation. It's opportunities. If you're not getting opportunities, and I think it's, this is, this is simple. It's fantasy football can be simple. It's opportunities, situations. Without those two things, you cannot get fantasy points, right? And I think opportunities are going to be tougher to come by for someone like Swift then, like you said, for Eckler or, or, or some of the other running backs, you know, um, it, it, and that's, I think, where the, ultimately where I am lower on him as well, you know, in comparison to the field, just because of that. Nothing to do with, you know, the, the, the offensive line, nothing to do with his talent, nothing, to, any, any of that. It's just, for me, opportunity. And when there's not opportunity, it's just tough to, to feel great about a player. Yep, I'm uh, 100% with you. Any other players? Um, higher or lower on, we'll go with either you higher than the field on anybody, lower than the field on anybody, any other players that got Armando Marsal's attention going into 2021? So I want to talk about, I I spoke about this on the live stream with, with the guys with Tyler Russell, Um, you know, Clyde Edwards Hiller. I I really like buying the discount here. Everyone jumped on him. In the first round last year, right after oh. he, you know, after the, he was the first round selection, a, a great team, and uh, all that stuff, right? He didn't pan out as many hoped, and, and I know you were lower on him than the field last year, so so right. kudos to you on that. Um, but why why are we changing the stance if everyone loved him last year? Right? Why are we changing the stance because he didn't pan, pan out? So I think this is a perfect opportunity to take take advantage of recency bias, right? And get someone that was a first-round capital last year at a discounted price this year. The situation is better, right? It's a second year in the league. Um, there, there, there's really no one back there that concerns me. That's gonna, you know, you know, take away many carries, touches from him. So here is someone where, uh, where instead of you know, kind of going with the field, I want to go opposite here. I, I, I want to invest in. Him. Mm-hmm. I really like. CEH going into the season. I, I I know where you have him ranked. I just want to know what your thoughts about that is. Cause I think we're getting him yeah. at a discount price. I think so too. And I think he's by the discount, like a certain point, like there, there was a Clyde Edwards Hilaire when he was drafted, obviously got our, all of our attention. I was not, I never went into last year thinking I'm going to be anti this rookie running back. Cause I loved him at LSU. I loved that LSU team. And but then everybody went bananas and I'm like, he's, I don't, I did not, he was not better than Cam Akers. I did not believe that he was not better than DeAndre Swift. I, or Jonathan Taylor, he was a distant fourth going into last year. And yet he was the guy everybody wanted because of Kansas city. And don't forget who had won the super bowl the year before. 
Uh, Kansas City. Kansas City. <laughs> yeah. He did. So that's everybody. Oh my God. Really, so that's what we were all hyped and everything had to be Kansas City. Okay, wonderful. And I, he ended up being the fifth overall pick, which is just a tragic mistake. He's got holes in his game. He's significantly undersized. And he had that breakout game in week one where people got excited, but he had five goal line carries in that game and failed to convert on any of them. And he, he saw one more goal line carry and he didn't convert the rest of the year. I knew at that point, I knew I had lost week one in my anti CEH stance. I knew it, but I knew I'd won the war. I knew it empirically. I knew it, knew it, knew it. And in, but then you see what are the facts? Well, they don't go out and bring anybody else in yet. Maybe they go out and get a veteran guy. I know Jarek McKinnon, people are, oh, there's nothing there. There's way aging running back. Daryl Williams may be a short yardage guy. Clyde Edwards Lair, you don't draft him in the first round. Give him that run. He's going to get every opportunity to be the feature back in this backfield. He'll definitely be the pass catching back. I'm strong about that. If he loses short line carry, that's going to suck but only if we drafted him in the first or even second round, that's a third round pick round His ADPs in 28 right now, you know, middle of the uh, third round he, right now. So yeah, 20, yeah, 20, 26 RB 16. So mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, one guy that is being drafted ahead of him that I think it's going to be this year's CEH. Oh, who's that? And that's Najee Harris. Uh Oh, talk to me. Yeah. Why? I, look, I, I, I get it. I, 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 I hear a lot of comparisons to, to Le'Veon Bell and the, the usage is going to be there like Le'Veon Bell. We forget Le'Veon Bell ran behind an elite, elite offensive line. And I'm not saying he kept, you know, he, he, he wouldn't have produced, you know, some of the numbers he did. And I think Harris's role in the passing game is going to be a, a big thing. But you point out, you, you, you mentioned it before and, and, and you mentioned it to CJ about McFarland. I think that's a legitimate concern. I really do. And then you look at how bad this offensive line is. To me, his current price is just too expensive for my likings. He's going uh, six, like, between 15th and 17th on average. And as RB12, I, I think that's a tad expensive for Harris. So I, I'm lower on him than the field. That's one guy that I, I think he can be this year's CEH where his draft capital just gets out of control. I think it's already at a steep price. And he's just going to let fantasy owners down i could yeah. be wrong but I, I have that feeling I, again this is so pittsburgh running backs were a thing for sure i made a lot of money on Le'Veon bell initially on um his backup d'angelo williams and then his backup james connor you know always handcuffing because that's what i believe in i knew that system was good but now we're on our third coordinator in pittsburgh you know, third guy after Haley and uh, Fickner and now Matt Canada. And you mentioned, as I've said, Matt Canada was uh, uh, McFarland's coach at, at Maryland. There's a connection there. And you don't draft Najee Harris in the first round if McFarland's going to be the guy. So I've been, I'm wrong on that. But I don't, I strongly think there's a role here, right? I strongly think that there's going, there's a role for, uh, Anthony McFarland in this offense. And I think we're, we're starting to dilute where we were during the Le'Veon Bell era. You mentioned the offensive line, which are a thousand percent right on. That's a whole different thing. And remember Le'Veon Bell was, everyone's like, Oh my God, look how patient he is. Well, it's easy to be patient when the offensive line is bulldozing people. It really is. And when they're not, you look like you're an absolute uh, gumbo. You look terrible. And 
there's so there's some risk here with Harris. I agree. Going a little early for me on that. Uh, if you give me the the uh, Najee Harris at 15, or um, my guy Javante Williams, who I absolutely adore at 62 right now, and the 27th running back off the board. Give me Javante Williams every time. I will take that risk because I don't think there's much behind it. I don't think there's any, there's not that much risk other than very early in the season. The Broncos' first three games, Jets, Giants, Jaguars, like it's an amazing pre. So maybe Melvin Gordon starts out well, but that's okay. Handcuff him. Fucking ride Gordon in those three games and Javante later. Javante Williams is going to have a better career than Najee Harris. That I know. I know that to be true. So give me, if you're going to, if you're passionate about Najee Harris because he's new or whatever, go to a team with a better offensive line, a better offense in general, quite honestly. And I know it's saying a lot with Denver, but they're going to calm things down with Teddy Bridgewater if Drew Locke doesn't take a step. That getting Bridgewater is a big deal because if that happens, they're going to do nothing but run the hell out of the ball, lean on, let their defense win football games, and then and then toss, you know, check down, check down, check down, check downs. You know, look what Teddy B did for Alvin Kamara when he started in New Orleans two years ago. Look what Teddy B did for uh, McCaffrey in the first three games, Mike Davis the rest of the way. That's your Javante Williams this year. Give me the discount on him. Yeah, I'm not a Melvin Gordon uh, believer, uh, to be honest. With you. I've never been a fan of his. Um, I've always, I've always thought he was a byproduct of the the volume. Um, when you look at the numbers, uh, and he's always had the numbers, you know, or at least the opportunities, and and, and also what yeah. he's done in the passing game. I, I agree, and, and you're getting a major discount. Williams is going, you know, around between five and six uh, on average. Uh, you know, I've seen him drop to like seven. Depend depends on the league, of course, but. Um, God, that, that discount you're getting, uh, in a, in my opinion, a much better situation. If you compare the two offenses, you, you, you look that that Denver offense is stacked. I know that they're led by Drew Locke, which is a concern. Um, but look at the receivers. You know, Sutton, Judy. Look at they, they have a no fan at tight end. I, yes. I, I really 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 like this offense. You, if if there was a a good quarterback under Senator. Like I'm talking about a legitimate quarterback. I know there's been the rumors of Aaron Rodgers or what, assuming someone like Rodgers was there, this would be one of the better offenses in football. If I mean, Aaron Rodgers goes to Denver, they win the Super Bowl. Like it's I, just, I, I, it. I would not I mean, be stunned. No, 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 you're not stunned. It's, it's <laughs> over. It's over. They will stomp Kansas city out like, like ashes off of burnt uh, 1970 cigarette. Like they stomp the fuck out of this, this team. This team, this roster, is absolutely loaded everywhere but the most important position. That's the one thing that weighing them down. Now, I don't like the coaching staff. I don't like Vic Fangio from a holistic standpoint. Shermer, eh, as OC. But look at their defense. They brought Justin Simmons back. They went out and got, I think, the th- three of the best corners possible. Kyle Fuller is an all-world corner. Patrick Sertain's one of the best prospects to ever come through the pike. How they got him at nine is unprecedented. And then you have Ronald Darby bringing in and Bryce Callen. You're four deep at corner. It's amazing. And then, by the way, they get Vaughn Miller back. That's a big deal. And Bradley Chubb was injured for parts of last year. Like this defense now was just – and we, they were good last year with Fangio scraping together because that's what he does. If they get – you get Cortland Sutton back. You get Javante Williams, the best running back in this class, in my opinion, back. 
right? You, you Graf Mirren is the guy who's going to uh, uh, take over either uh, the left guard. Um, man, Judy coming in the second year, and Patrick, who had to report, and KJ Hamler, who's a deep threat. There's not, if you were to get Aaron Rodgers, they win the fucking Super Bowl, this team. So I don't think they do, by the way, for the record. I don't think they get Rodgers, but I think Teddy Bridgewater, if Drew Locke can't take a step and can't show the flash that he did in the final four games of 2019, they're just going to turn to Bridgewater. And if it's Bridgewater, eh, it's a 10 and six, a 10 and seven team, maybe, a, you know, an 11 and six team, you know, that that's what this team does. The schedule is very, very light, very easy. Giants, Jaguars, Jets, like I mentioned, that's easy. Ravens, <laughs> tough. Steelers. I don't think that's going to be tough. The Raiders, uh, that's going to be a tough one. They got Cowboys. They got the Eagles. Then, you know, their division, the Lions, the Bengals, the Raiders. I mean, Denver's going to win 10 plus games this year, folks. You mentioned the defense, right? Uh, they, they're they higher than that article I wrote. Yeah. <laughs> they, I love they, it. They, they are essentially going undrafted. Yeah, and you just mentioned their first three games of the season Giants, Impressive. Jacksonville, Jets. Uh, two what? Two, two rookie quarterbacks. Yeah. Uh, in, in that schedule, and, uh, and Trevor Lawrence too. and Daniel Jones. Oof. I, I mean, hey, and they're basically going undrafted. So, yeah, I, I, I agree. I like this Denver team, uh, quite a bit. Um, so I, 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 I'm with you on Williams. Uh, I'm, I'm higher on him than the field as well. Um, and then as far as Harris is just lower. And, and, and just to go back to Le'Veon Bell, right? Look what happened. Look how, how much his numbers dropped off once he yeah. left Pittsburgh, right? Yeah. Like, like, you know, they, 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 some will say the holdout. No, he played 15 games for the Jets in 2019, averaged 3.2 yards per carry, yeah. all right? Uh, one receiving touchdown, 66, which everything was just worse. You know, I get it. It was not a great situation. He didn't do that much better in Kansas City. It really wasn't all that great when he was in Kansas City. No, it was only nine games, but – just goes to show you, like, it, it situation is everything for, for some of these running backs. Totally. It's it's the entire world. You know, it, it really is. It means so much that, um, you know, opportunity, you know, those things that we talk about, what's your opportunity, what's your matchup, those are the things. That's the way, again, we're pointing true north all the time at fantasyguru.com everybody um all right well man we're playing armada you and i could talk i think we talk <laughs> each other's ears off all the time anyway I, I love it um any final thoughts any final uh, points to make you know draft guide or just nfl fantasy football in general any final thoughts for the kiddies before we let them uh, jet no, I, I'm just pumped about the draft guide being live already and all the content that's going to be coming out pretty much every single week. Uh, and it's not on there, but remember, guys, we got the podcasts. Those yeah. are coming out soon. All strategies. right. <laughs> yes, it's strategy 50. podcast. So 50, 50 podcasts. podcasts in 50 days, right? That's that's the way. And and, and that those are coming back. I know those are a, a favorite. So I'm looking forward to, to being involved in that as well. It's it's gonna be fun. It's it's like I said, it's mid-season form. So I'm I'm ready. I mean, I'm 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 pumped, man. No, uh, no doubt about it, man. I've never been more excited for a season than this one right here. We're gonna win. All damn year, seasonal, daily, our future bets over at EliteSportsBetting.com. Don't forget about that, everybody. Uh, we'll get into some of our favorite futures and prop bets and all that in the days and weeks ahead. 
that's going to do it. Episode 68. Yes, we talked your ear off about the draft guide. Yes, but, uh, you know, it's no different than newborn baby, like we said. Uh, check it out, fantasyguru.com. That's the place to go, everybody. You have to get in there. Say hi to Armando, Tyler, Russell, myself in the, the draft room. Always open. It's 24-7. We answer every single question you post and ask, except for Carp. Carp asks too many questions. <laughs> I couldn't keep up with him the other day. Like first day, he gets in. The, we open up the, the room, and Carp, uh, uh, what is it, Carp 1126, like 50 questions. I'm like, all right, bro, I can't keep up with you. I, I, I have to I, uh, take a break. I came back and answered him, but uh, I love our dude Carp, though. Yeah, he's, he's our dude, man. He's, he, uh, yeah, he's he, a guy. He, he, he always has questions for us, man, and, and it's awesome. It. He 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 has a, us on speed dial. And yes, <laughs> he has us on speed dial. <laughs> yes, and we uh, there's no question. And we about love that. it. We do follow Armando Marsal, one of the best in the business, at Armando underscore Marsal on Twitter. Do it right now, folks, before this episode even ends. Do it immediately. Pull over if you're listening in your car. Do it. Follow at Armando underscore Marsal. Follow me at Jeff underscore Mans on Twitter, the Jeff Mans on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok. That will do it for episode 68, everybody. Appreciate you guys downloading it. Appreciate you guys making us part of your day, however you've chosen to do so. I appreciate my guy Armando Marsal for joining me on this show and uh, and every single day over at Fantasy Guru as well. Remember, folks, you may disagree with some or all that you heard today on this episode, and that's perfectly all right. Why? Because it was one man's opinion. We'll see you next time, everybody. Deuces!